0: So you're in uh, Paris today, huh? I am. I'm in Paris uh, for a couple of days.
1: What's the weather like this time of year in Paris? It's gorgeous. It was beautiful. I mean, crazy. Like, I mean, something Celsius, but I don't know what that is. So <laughs> because, because, of course, the nature of the weather changes to only being in Celsius
0: uh, as you travel awesome.
1: abroad. <laughs> something when they were, I was at DevOps Days, um, what, it was it uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, yeah. And uh, and somebody said it was something twenty something Celsius, and everybody was like, "Oh man, that's great!" And I'm like, shit, looks pretty good to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm always a dumb American on that count too. I, I uh I don't I don't know the metric system. I don't you know oh, I, no, I don't metric. have time for that. Okay. I, I, I barely know the uh, whatever we're using the imperial system with the uh, the cups and the pints and all that, tablespoons mm. and teaspoons. Who came up with that stuff? That's yes. like that's some that's some insanity grade
1: measurement system. That right is there. some crazy shit. Yeah, no, that really is. I mean,
0: what is there? Like, there's like three point seven eight teaspoons to one point two tablespoons, which which equals uh, an eighth of a cup, and then uh, you add that up, and you've got a, a half gallon. I mean, it's just like none of it makes sense. Yeah. So, so the DevOps stays Paris. Are they are they DevOpsing over there? How's they're it, DevOpsing,
1: yes. How oh, they are
0: it, now? As you know, my when it comes to continental Europe, I forget what the name of those those crazy Dutch guys are. But I know I know there's those crazy Dutch guys up there at that company that starts with an S, and they're DevOpsing, just like oh, crazy. Those guys,
1: those guys DevOpsing, DevOpsing.
0: Yeah, in fact, I saw them. I, they, do,
1: they do the DevOps what two C I I think those guys.
0: Exactly. I, I saw. I, I you know we have ApacheCon back here in Austin, and 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 that uh, what's the name of that outfit? Who are those people? Schubert
1: Fills. They're they're Austin. Awesome there you guys. go. Yeah. So
0: they they were here for ApacheCon, and they and they walked up, and, and uh, we were chatting about Cloud Foundry stuff. But they uh, love those guys. But but has it uh, has 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 the DevOps so-
1: invasion? Gotten I south. Got to shoot with Phil, guys. So there's a guy there. There's a bunch of great guys. There. One of the guys there, his name's Funs Kelson. His name's Funds, And he's he's like brilliant, smart. He's like their architect. And, and he so lives up to his name, Funds. Because the guy is like just fun.
0: And what did those guys, what does that company do exactly, <laughs> exactly. other than have a weird name?
1: Um, they're they're a uh, kind of a service provider. Like some of their big companies are um, KLM and, and uh, you know ING and and they provide. I think back in the day they did just general service providing, but I think about three or four years ago they went ahead and started getting really serious about cloud. And they were like one of the first uh, cloud.com customers. That's right. But here's the interesting thing about those guys too is. They actually implemented. They were like the first, or the second commercial implementation of the um, the Nasira product, which was the NSX, which actually is owned by your parent company now. Um, So they were like the second actual commercial uh, in production implementation. Of uh, the NVP product, which basically was the company in the that got bought by VMware for 1.2 billion dollars, that now is NSX. So, he, and, and it was that guy's funds. It was he. It was he was pretty insightful. To and they actually just to go one step further, they actually implemented the um, the plugin for cloud.com because at the time Citrix didn't really want to do it, and neither did uh, the NSX people. So they wrote their own NVP. Uh, implementation. So in other words, just long story short, for some people that might be totally confused about what I'm talking about, they were one of the early, early implementers of, of a true SDN architecture in cloud computing.
0: Yeah, you know, you know and, and I've only really talked with them when we were in uh, uh, Amsterdam for DockerCon a while, and, you know, just did some booth talking at ApacheCon. But you know what I liked about, about, about their tone, to uh, focus on one thing, is over here in America, as I've discovered, uh, you know basically, if you 're in the cloud game, as it were, part of your tone is to like really just like put down everyone else like there 's a lot of like saying like this thing doesn 't work, and that 's reliable, and who knows when your instance is going to be available like uh, a very 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 popular no, thing
1: nobody so, does that
0: <laughs> it 's a very popular thing to point out the deficiencies in other people 's technology, right. And uh, now, now the American style of doing it is is a very dour, like frowny way, right? But these guys, they they still do that, like anyone who's like in a, in, a, in a high situation, kind of like a cloud, sort of like mindset. But it's almost like they say it in a joking, laughing way. It's nicer. They 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 they, they like softly tell you their views on things, and they're always very jovial, which well, I, I what appreciate.
1: The, one of the things you know why why they I think they've been so successful is. When they're actually selling services, to, so they they one of the places that they actually go in deep in from a sales side is hitting the um, the developer flow, right? And so they get into a part of an organization where they don't really give a shit about like is OpenStack and how come you're not using OpenStack and oh my god if if your technology isn't OpenStack won't it be wrong you know and all that bullshit they just go in and say hey we're going to build you this delivery flow. And it's going to be cloud based. Let us come in and prototype it for you, and then they get it done. And the customer's like, "Yeah, shit, this is great." Like you know, and so they bypass that whole, you know, like this is something I I, that's frustrated me for thirty five years now, right? This bullshit of you go in and and you know, I used to have this problem back in the day when I used to sell Tivoli stuff, and even before then, you'd go in and you'd have a technology, you'd find a group, and they'd be like. Yeah, this is going to work for us. This is awesome. I actually had a product years ago that um, that did automated ops, right? It was like mainframe operations, and we did screen scraping. And we'd find a group where they'd be, like, struggling to get some green screen automation. We'd walk in. We'd prototype. We'd solve everything. This group would be like – they'd be like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And then, you know, we, we get down to, like, where we're talking about the deal, and then um, – and then all of a sudden, they'd say, well, now we're going get approval. And then some committee would get formed. Mm. And then the committee would decide, oh, well, yeah, yeah, but is that automated operations? Uh, yeah, I think so, they'd say. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're doing a study on what's the right way to do global automated operations. And then, you know, a year later, they would reject you because you weren't part of this. You know, and this is what happens with this cloud bullshit, right? The people, So one group finds the technology they really like. Some global lords of computing, (laughs) basically say, "Oh, wait a minute." That falls into the category of something we're studying, and then these idiots start thinking about, "Well, you know, the industry right now, and Gartner's telling us that OpenStack is the way to go," and so we don't think this tech. Maybe I've I've had too much of the Paris wine, but I'm, I'm just that you know. I mean, it's just
0: it's it's like this is uh, uh uh this this is uh. You you've jumped right into the 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 uh, you know, the tales of Uncle Remus are basically not allowed to be used nowadays because because insulting and everything. So I wish there was a better a better reference than a briar patch and a tar baby and things like that. But you you've jumped into like the briar patch and the tar baby at the center of the whole DevOps thing, right? And and part of why you know one of the things that 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 uh, your your part in the DevOps conversation is often very optimistic and positive, right? Like it's sort of like the human side of stuff. But but you know, on the other side of that is is exactly what you're just explaining is like uh, there there are these there's something called governance and policy in IT that's preventing the logical thing from happening. <laughs> and, and and so much of so much of what goes on in the DevOps world is about like breaking down uh Break see, even I'm posing it wrong is, is dealing with that. And figuring out what it is and and you know now that uh now that i'm back on the vendor side and i go talk with customers and things like that like pretty much every conversation revolves around for lack of a better phrase that that briar patch right like um whoever is interested in talking with pivotal they like get it and you know they're like sure uh so we could deliver software faster to customers make more money why why are we still talking and 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 then pretty much the um it's almost like the Hellraiser box that they put in front of us to solve is so there's this other group that won't let us do anything. <laughs> right? And like, I, th- I think there was, there was a good piece um, on, uh, on, on, on you guys, right? Like on, on Docker. Like now everyone's like pointing out their, their worldview of Docker. But one of the better metaphors was from uh, one of the people at Gradle who was talking about how Docker is a Millennium Falcon, right? Like a smuggling ship and 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 you know it's it's nice it's 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 uh that's one way of looking at it that it allows you to smuggle your 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 logical stuff past whoever them is but it is like uh time and time again whoever them is becomes really annoying to
1: well, live with and and them changes right like there's i think there's even you know um not to get all my devops brethren and sisterhood all um pissed at me but you're almost starting to see this shift of the the the, the now the committees are the DevOps committees. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, it, well, does this fit? Does your thing fit the DevOps? You know, we've gone complete DevOps here at uh, XXX Corp, and uh, you know, and and now we've got to make sure that you know what you're trying to do actually fits the the DevOps, and they don't say governance and policy, and <laughs> but it, but it is right. Like, so it's you know, I mean. The the folk that um, have been rejecting cloud and DevOps are basically when they were getting started with their governance policies, what they were doing was cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it was it, man. It was like timely. They were the Docker's and the and the and the pivotals of the of their time. And now that you know, anyway, I don't know. You know, it's uh...
0: exactly they become the man. Right, yeah, like like the uh, the 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 revel turns into the man at some point. So so with that context, so like what's the uh, so the DevOps Days Paris is over, right? We've got a. Uh, I'll, I'll 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 be I'll be getting into DevOps Days season next month with DevOps Days Austin. But like what's what's going on in the DevOps Days world starting with Paris nowadays? What's the uh, what are the conversations that come up? What what are the um, types of people? Yeah, what, I mean, what they
1: they're, doing? They're, so, um a lot of interesting. Well, I mean, as you can imagine, microservices is, was in the open spaces, right? Um, a lot of discussions about microservices. Um, monitoring still, you know. I mean, it's always funny, you know. You know, for for those of you who haven't been to DevOps Days, you should definitely go. Um, if you've been to, then you know the way it works. Typically, it's a two-day event. Typically, and the first, and and we split the days. The first half of the day is basically speakers, uh, selected speakers, and then the second half is something we do out of kind of open spaces where people just kind of propose sessions people vote on the sessions and then we kind of order the sessions in in breakout rooms and and I the, the funny thing is you throw a monitoring sticky up on the board and it gets most votes every time right so uh, I was I mean I don't like I used to think it's funny but it's it, it's a reality right that monitoring is still a very hot topic in the echo chamber of devops but the the ones that are um you know obviously there's a lot of docker Discussions, but the microservices ones, those rooms, a lot of stick, a lot of dots. So what you do is you vote. You with a little felt pen and you just put dots on on the stickies that you think, and a lot of dots on the microservices ones. Uh, Culture, you know, I mean, a lot of you know, another really big one that comes up a lot now. So we're we're starting to see a lot more enterprise people come to DevOps days, right? Um, You know, what is this thing? I need to go figure out what it is. Everybody's talking about it. Let me go and. So a lot of questions on the open spaces are, um, you know, how do you do DevOps in the enterprise? So a lot of those, and you know, mm-hmm. it's have, have,
0: have they gotten into any searing insights except keep trying? Like, uh, like any any good tactics for uh, getting past things, or like, uh, you know, like 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 you know, we we sort of have like we've got all sorts of like statistical fueled survey stuff that shows that. Uh, uh, you know, a little bit of DevOps makes things a little bit better, and so forth. We got all them studies, but uh, I'm I'm always searching for like here's here's an anecdote of how we got something through, or like here's here's the, some methods that work.
1: It, you know, it's funny. You know, I, I've been doing the DevOps days thing. You know, I think I'm still credited with the person who's been to more DevOps days than anybody ever, even Patrick. And um, and so um, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I there was a session I didn't want to go into. But I was too lazy. The, the breakout rooms were pretty far apart, and you had to go down a bunch of steps and stuff to get to them. So the one I wanted to go, it's like you know what? I'll just sit on in the one in the room where I know the session I'm going to next. So I just went in that one and sat in and figured I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything it was it was kind of an enterprise discussion and it was kind of like a time warp, really. Like you could go to any dev upstairs, and then there'll be somebody who'll be new. and, and this isn't a criticism. It's just. This, you know, the discussions kind of always somehow sure. get back to the beginning. And, and this woman um, was basically throwing out this old adage about, "Yeah, this all sounds good, but my operators are afraid that they're going to lose their job." And you know, and it, again, to go into this old man rant, like back in nineteen. 19- um, basically, 87, 88, when something called automated operations was being introduced in the mainframe world, um, you know that, that was the same discussion was, you know, if we try to sell this software, will the operators be afraid that they're going to lose their job, you know? and And when she was saying that, I just couldn't resist. I'm like, that never, ever, ever, ever happens. You know what I mean? You know, and and so so. Like, long story short, you know, there's still that kind of. I'm walking in. I like this stuff. A lot of automation sounds all great, and then there's that really provincial. You know, I don't know anything about this. My first reaction is if you start using words like automation and stuff like that, my operator is going to think that they're going to lose their job, and there's going to be resistance, and that's going to cause chaos. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: I, th- I think the the last time I read a good. uh a good anecdote to that problem. With I think I think Luke Kines at Puppet wrote something up about that, which is just sort of like you know. Uh there's always need for more operations, <laughs> right? Oh. Like, like, like you're you're not gonna you're not gonna automate out the need to actually oh. like manage things, and and the problems will just multiply essentially, which which yeah. intuitively I mean, that was, makes sense.
1: If we went back and listened to our old IT management podcast, we'd probably hear me say what I have said back when I was selling shaft. I mean, my killer phrase on that question was that you know. Most of the people in IT are 80% in the muck. Right? It's called the 80-20 flop, right? Like most of the time, and whether you go back to 1987 or 97, 2007 or 2017, basically um, when, you, when you're not efficiently automating or coming up with some type of flow process to do things that, that – or, or if you don't have a goal to lessen human friction – Basically, what you typically have is a bunch of people that are doing about, and I'm just throwing a number out because 80-20 always works well, 80% of the time they're doing things that are just rote, uh, you know, muck stuff. And in general, only about 20% of the time are they actually adding business value. And my, my 80-20 flop was, I'm not going to replace your job. I'm just going to flop that 80 and that 20. I'm going to basically put you in a position where 80% of the time you're adding business value, and 20% of the time you're basically doing kind of busy bullshit work.
0: So, so so then there's one vital point as as a marketer now, and that you know just to summarize out of that that I have to remind myself of one is, uh, well, it's always helpful to re-explain to people that the point of IT is is to deliver business value. <laughs> and and like I, I think I think I think folks folks like you I've and me been for
1: 35 and thirty five years. I didn't even realize that.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, but I and, and, and I and I say that explicitly because of how absurd it sta- sounds and yet how helpful it is. It's like folks like you and me and all the other people who've, you know, been to DevOps days, like like we just we're just sort of like, Yeah, that's why are we even talking about this to use that phrase yet again. But I, I, I think I, I think pretty much weekly I I get in a conversation with people who, who uh who don't think that, <laughs> right? And so it's it's always good to remind people what the point of IT is, even even if you're sort of like can't stand to hear yourself utter or type those words over and over again. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 a challenge. And and you, you know you know the other well, what were you gonna say?
1: I was gonna say, I mean, I, I, you know what we we've had a long hiatus in, in podcasting me and you, right? So. Um, this would, would have something that would have come up naturally had we been podcasting all the way since whenever we stopped. But about a year ago, I was running around the world screaming and hollering about why everybody should read Simon Sinek. Start With Why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you know the why, the what, and the how, right? And, and you know, and, and like I think he's got a, – there's a TED. You know, you can listen to like the 15-minute TED or you can just read the book, which is way better than the TED talk. But, I mean, like we – you know. He has so many awesome anecdotes. So the one I love the best is like why the railroad co- companies of the 19th century thought they were really, – if they thought they were actually transportation businesses, when roads and highways and trucking and all those other things that basically took away tons of their opportunity and business opportunity – um, if they would have just thought they were in the transportation business as opposed to being in the quote unquote railroad business, sure, they sure. might have survived, right? So it's the why, right? Like it's the why, you know what? What you know? And he again, uh, I'll let you get back to what you're going to say, but the, you know, Apple has an amazing why. You know, companies like Dell. You know, why does Apple? Why does Dell decide to get into phone business and be non fucking existent? And why does Apple, which should have. Just as equal chance of failure or opportunity as Dell at that point or at some point, and Apple just basically crushes it.
0: Yeah, right? yeah, it's, it's stru- structurally the two of them have the same possibilities in front of them. The,
1: the ability, in fact, in it really, it, in truth, Dell should have had a better um, supply chain, right? Or did have a better supply chain to deliver phones, but Dell had this shitty why, right? Like they were a computer company. Um, you know, Apple was this, like, we make awesome. Why, right? I, you know. Anyway, that's the, that's what's in Simon's next book. I mean, back to your what you know. Why do we wake up every day to do what we do in our business or what we do? You know, right? it's the why, right? Trying to figure out the why.
0: Right, and, and and that you know that's that's one one of the things I'm always interested in exploring is uh. So when 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 do the the product and business people start getting involved, <laughs> right? Like like how can we expand our our, our DevOpsy cloud echo chamber a little bit? And get more of those folks involved, and 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 they do, they do come in every now and then, right? Like there's uh, there's interesting business oriented people who who talk about things, but it is that's almost like the next thing I would want to see evolve in this this like soon to be near to a decade long conversation. That's more or less true. Sounds impressive. Is like so now, what happens when product people are here and like business side people? How do they how do they how do they get involved and in, Using all of this crazy cloud DevOps stuff, and well, that would be
1: well, yeah, we're cool. getting close. I mean, again, I've been saying this for a while, but we're getting close. I mean, I think this whole, you know, what you know, the the core of DevOps, and you know, we got to go back to giving Damon and you know his gang credit for this because it, it's been used over and over. Uh, and actually, it might actually be Andrew now. I got now, I can't remember who actually created. Actually, now that I think about it, it actually was Andrew, um, Andrew Schaefer, who we love, Little Idea. Uh, works with you, is he? Ah, anyway, I was gonna. He's kind of. Work, you work with him, but the, he, he actually created this this uh, iconic picture, which was this wall of confusion, right? Um, you know, and right. and and so it has always been. Oh, yeah, I know what it is. He created the wall of confusion, and I think Damon and his get outfit um, simplify ops or DTO put the aha and ka ching on on both ends. I can't remember. I know I know Andrew created the, the the iconic wall of confusion. You got the dev on one side, the wall and the ops and everybody's trying to throw it over the wall. And then I, I think maybe Damon and those guys added the aha to ka ching on both ends, which was how do you get from the, the whiteboard the aha, I got this freaking idea, let's do it, to actually delivering it and and shortening the cycle time, and and it's not just time; it's all the human friction that happens in between there, right? Yeah. And and we're getting like we're starting to see some really really cool implementations. Like three, two, three, four years ago, we hear companies talk about doing you know ten deploys a day or hundred deploys a day. But but now it really is starting to get the point where some businesses have put basically componentized their IT. And when I mean by componentization, in the sense that like how we use telephones today, we have no – I pick up a phone. I don't give a shit how it gets to you. Um, like it, that is so f- hidden from me. Um, some organizations are getting awfully darn close to making that whole – I've got people that invent things. And I need to get those invented things to people who pay things. And and we've gotten pretty good in IT these days in some companies – that and depending on what you're delivering, right? Um, some things harder than others, but um, you know, electronic form things are simpler than physical. Yeah. But the point being that there are some delivery flows now where the people who get on whiteboards to say this is what we need to do, have you know, take an iPhone picture of it from the whiteboard and then start this process that somehow funnels through the other end, and everything. From the person who buys it to the person who creates it, is hidden between this like brilliant abstraction that sometimes we label as DevOps. But let me be real careful here: DevOps is not just a technology; it's all the culture that goes into making something like that work. And you know, so anyway, yeah.
0: Well, it, yeah, no, and, and just to delve into this further, right? Like, like the what, what's 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 frequent. To, what am I trying to say? My 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 sort of uh, backing into evidence that the quote unquote the business is is not involved enough is the sort of like impassable uh, logjam that that still dev, dev, development and them which is usually operations get involved in right and like like I was having a discussion with a, a group of people recently and uh, afterwards I was talking with another person and uh, this other person was sort of like cloud enlightened and and they were they were like. Wow, that was a really confusing conversation because uh, the uh, they were saying how the enterprise architects were like stopping them from you know increasing their velocity to deploy software, and I just couldn't wrap my head around how an, like the job of an enterprise architect is to increase the velocity of being able to deliver your software, <laughs> right? And so it was just like this this like contradiction in terms, and so there's almost this deadlock between whoever the them is and the people who are moving at a new speed and. It almost feels like there's this missing party involved, which is sort of like uh, the business with a sense of urgency of, like, what the hell is going on here, right? Like, I'm the owner of all of this, this entity. And so, like, I can authorize us to change the policy, right? Like, it's almost like, like whoever it is that's in charge of policy isn't there. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, and, right. no, and and no, no. and 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 ultimately, it should be the business person who's in charge of the policy because they're the ones who carry all the risk and reward sort of stuff, right? Well, you and, see, this. yeah. Go ahead. I'm and and, and so, so, anyways, I mean, it's it's just sort of like there's this weird missing piece, which maybe like like Etsy's going to IPO soon, right? And then and then like so, there is an emerging uh, sort of uh, you know trail, you know trail of stuff to analyze of, of businesses that are. Like, I, I, I have I have this sort of, like, thought technology or meme I'm trying to communicate that, like, a lot of these companies we talk about are not really technology companies. They're, like, companies that are using technology to, like, change their industry. So, pretty much all of the the unicorny companies, and th- that's a bad phrase because that means something different than what I'm intending, but all these companies we admire for how they do DevOps and cloud, it turns out they're not really selling technology. Like, they're doing something completely that has nothing to do with technology. Yeah. And so... Well- what becomes, so to me, those are examples of companies where, and here, I'll just rattle them off, your Etsy's, your Ubers, your Netflix, like all these companies, like Slack is not in this category because they are selling a technology, right? Facebook is selling a technology, so right. forth and so on. But there are many companies which are, their product is not tech. So yeah. they okay. seem to me like examples of companies where this thing that I'm missing, the business or, or product people are actually involved in the process, And so if you go talk to traditional non-tech companies, in comparison, it seems like the the business people are not involved in the process. And so that's that's almost the bridge to get across because another theory that I would have is that unless you're really lucky, which is always the easy out for any situation like this, unless you get the business involved, nothing good is going to happen. Or or you're not going to holistically solve the problem. You may solve the problem in little piecemeal parts but basically, unless you get the business involved in, like, a DevOps thing, just as kind of turned out with Agile software development, uh, eventually you're just kind of, like, over-optimizing. And then to use, to, to close out, right, like, the the uh, the image I always use is, you know, from one of your favorites, you know, back way back in the goal where there's sort of, like, it turns out that if you're the person piling up unfinished inventory in front of a machine – you're the asshole. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I mean, you, you just nailed everything. You used to use the word heuristics. It's all, I mean, Etsy's a great example too, right? I mean, it, it, it fundamentally goes back to um, guys like Deming, Golrat. You know, I always say that you know, you know, a lot of my podcast last year was basically Deming calls it the aim, Golrat calls it the goal, and Sinek calls it the why. But it's 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 looking at a systems wide view of your of what you're trying to accomplish. Some people have it easier. Uber's goals are pretty clear for everybody who walks in that door. You know, Etsy, the advantage of Etsy, so you say that, that somebody that somebody has to make sure that everybody gets to play well together, right? And the the problem of large, large monolithic organizations is they got 30, 40, typically hundreds of years of different pockets all around the world and the politics and, and all the things that go into these monstrous companies. In fact, I want to save a really good story till when I finish this about a uh, British telecom story I heard years ago. But the point being, you look at a company like Etsy um, and you, um, you go listen to some of the um, recordings, business recordings of Chad Dickinson, the CEO of it. Right? So the CEO is a software developer, right? Like that's common in a software company. But not common in a you know a company that sells non technology business. I mean, I I don't get in trouble from the Etsy people to say that we're not technology. But like to the point you were making, it's a business. It's you know they're selling like kind of um, you know retail stuff. Yeah, I, I, and again, if 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 it wasn't clear,
0: right? Like I you know. I, I I wrote an article recently where I, I I joked about you know if someone asks you what kind of company you think they are it's a trick question the answer is always a technology company right it's just sort of like yeah yeah it's it's, 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 it's like a cool kid yeah, thing yeah, but 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 the point is. Um, uh, What I mean by not a technology company again is like you do not sell software or or computers. (laughs) No,
1: it's a a double-edged sword thing, right? Like we, you know, both me and you will say if you're not a technology company, you're out of business. But but there are companies that their focus is you know replacing yellow cabs or um, basically selling things from weirdos on Etsy. No, but going back to Etsy again. You know, if you look at Chad Dickinson, it's clear, you know, he, there's a podcast from him. He's like an alumni at Duke. And if, if you really want to see something really awesome, Google um, Chad Dickinson, Duke and some like management series and, and they interview him, kind of his hot seat interview. And he, he talks about, you know, we're a company that um, that makes software that helps people who make things sell their stuff. Like, you know, like we're we're artisans, we're the artisans that help the artisans sell their stuff, right? We're the artisans, and like, that's, so it becomes easier when the person in the leadership role can see the end-to-end of the business. And again, I just a lot of businesses are either not lucky, they're 200 years old, because to the point you were making, the the only way for quote-unquote DevOps to be successful is to basically have a system wide view of this and a system wide a leadership that can see that line of sight across all the areas to make sure that there aren't these groups that basically you know one group's trying to get their piece through the tunnel the funnel really fast, or the or the flow really fast, and this other group is completely blocking them. And there's nobody above that to say, you know, again, go right. back to the goal, right? Like the whole thing. A goal is, you know, theory of constraints and bottlenecks. And you're you you may be flying off the wheels, but if the guy in front of you is basically backlogged all hell, the, you know, the company is losing money.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, and 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 again, it's it's like uh, uh, more of a theory. I keep trying out at this point, but but it is. Uh I, I I mean I I feel like in like in until the business people get involved like DevOps is basically just sort of like uh, sitting in dead water, well, not, <laughs> and, you know, globally as a, as a movement, if you will, and like, yeah, so that that's the next thing that
1: needs to happen. But it's not even the business; it's the leadership, right? Like at the sure. end of the day, the business guys can be all over it, and then there's some you know again going back to the goal. There's some enclave machine that takes you know, 15 hours to be, to no, do
0: and, 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 and you're right. I mean, leader, leadership is, is leadership management, the business, those are all kind of synonymous in my head. Right. But, but you're right. The business is a little less defined, but it's essentially the GM, right? Like who, who is the people or the entity who yeah. can, who, who, like, for example, who is the person who could say to the, to the, the security person, just do it.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. like, yeah. like, yeah. like, yeah. and or, or to change yeah. policy around. Yeah, the kick in the ass. I mean, I think you just the GM is cool because I, you know I, I'm kind of a sports fan. You know, um depending on the time of year and depending on the sport. But like when, when, whenever all of a sudden some team, you know, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll go say it. The, the Hawks right now, you know, in Atlanta, are, you know, it's a team that never has done good. They're doing phenomenal now, right? But you always, when you look at the year when these teams have amazing years. It, it it is glaring that it's the GM usually that's the one that put everything together. Yeah. You know, yeah. the draft, the, the got the co- right coach, you know, stepped in when the coach, you know, anyway. So I think there's a good metaphor in, in a gm for but i I gotta tell this one story and i and i probably have told this before on one of our old podcasts but but it's a great story of why you know me and you struggle to say you we started this conversation with you saying you know how's it going on the devops enterprise conversation right and and I, i remember being i think it was like an oscon way way back in uh and it was cloud had already kicked in. The, the RightScale guys were moving pretty fast. I had already done some podcasts with Michael Crandell, um, the CEO over there. You know, RightScale was kind of the, the darling of, of cloud industry stuff at that point. Yeah. And, and uh, Michael Crandell, and I, I had done this thing with Simon Wardley. It was a cloud day. It was Oscar, that's right. He did this cloud day. And, and Simon invited me to speak. And there was some other dude that spoke from British Telecom. Who gave this presentation that blew me away? It was like an SLA list world. And like, we could spend another hour on that, but maybe another podcast. But so I asked him if he didn't mind going to lunch with me because I thought this idea of emergent infrastructure and like giving up all the rules and really going into kind of non determinist thinking, So I'm like, dude, I, I have to go to lunch with you. I I, I need to hear more of what you had to say. So we're sitting down, Michael Crandall was a nice guy, but he's a business guy. Like like he would have never come sit down. This guy was basically the CTO of British Telecom, basically. And uh and and like Michael Crandall wouldn't have kind of sat down to have lunch with just me, but but he wanted to sit down at lunch with the British Telecom CTO. And he's like, Hello, oh, John, how's it going? Do you mind if I join you for lunch? You know, which is code word for a shit. I need to talk to the CTO of British Telecom. So he gets down. And and then this discussion, this sidebar discussion starts happening. You know, like, like I, I'm not involved with, where the guy from British Telecom starts apologizing to Crandell. He goes, yeah, I'm really sorry the way that went down. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. And, Turns out he starts explaining, he's like, you know, Michael, I thought that when we could go in, he basically was going to s- explain why cloud was not being adopted. Now, this is back, you know, like four years ago, maybe five years ago, maybe actually maybe six years ago. So cloud was still in large corporations, still, you know, still, oh, we can't do cloud. And he, and he said, he goes, you know, Michael, I thought we could come in and we could just propose this unbelievable ROI and everybody would be like, oh, no brainer, let's do it. And he says, what I didn't realize, this is a part that still today it just blows me away. What I didn't realize was the inertia, the politics, all the things that are in a corporation like British Telecom. You know, he said, you know, we're talking about a, you know, billion dollar budgets, multi billion dollar IT budgets. He says, what that means, and he just goes into this rant, like that means that there are relationships with vendors that have been lasted for 10, 15 years. There are relationships between Buyers in BT and sellers that are neighbors. You know, there are people that have – you know, you know this. Like, you know, Oracle at a big corporation will have three offices at British Telecom. You know, IBM – you know, I used to work with IBM Tivoli stuff. There were people that would basically be part of an employee of a company, you know – even though they work for IBM, they actually thought of themselves as Exxon. Or Anyway, when he went into it, I'm like, yeah, shit. I mean, well, you know, like when we think about let's just change the enterprise, you know, companies like British Telecom or these monster enterprises, they're like nations. In fact, he used that phrase. He goes, what I didn't realize is I was trying to change, you know, an, a, a country, you know. Yeah, like, and
0: then, you know, it reminds me, I haven't gotten to go track this down, so I've only read it at the headline level, but uh – you know, back ba- back in your 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 home neck of the woods, good old good old Jamie Dimon or whatever his name is of JPMC was basically like, those computer nerds are coming after us. <laughs> I, th- I think he put that in his latest shareholder letter. I need to go look that up, but it is. Oh, well, I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's a good recognition of like, oh right, computers, right? And and then and then you know more more than a naive resummary of what he was saying, it's more of the. It 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 feel, I need to go read it, but it feels like an, anno- an acknowledgement of of you know the culture of applying technology to change businesses is a thing, right? And you know we could go off on on recanting wealth, not recanting, but re- going over wealth front and all these other things. But it, it's it's clear that in the financial industry, like there are new ways of using IT, especially in the retail environment. Like you you oh. guys had a good interview with the. Uh, one of the Flash Boys and your yeah, DevOps so our, cafe, so
1: off at the IBX. right? Right, right. And
0: and and <laughs> you know, you know, I I sort of like, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like in, you know, there there are ways of using IT that the financial industry is really good at, and they're fine. <laughs> but there's always like new, especially in the retail space, ways of using IT that um, to be learned from. But anyways, more of the point. Apart from that, obviously, J.P. Morgan Chase is a nation of you know, in this BT sense, and and it'll it'll be encouraging to see more and more CEOs start to establish these burning platforms to use that old Nokia era way of thinking about it, because I, th- I think what becomes curious and, you know, you can guess what giant company I used to work at where I observe this, like it's, I, I almost feel like in these nation states, as you were alluding to, there's this uh, barbell to use a, a, a Talabian sort of like metaphor of, of understanding and will to do things differently. Like the big fat end on the top the the CEOs and the C people like they really want to change and they're as frustrated as anyone else that like you know they can't change things around and then on the on the very bottom end your 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 developers and maybe even individual product owners right like they're frustrated that they have to file a ticket and wait 6 weeks for something to happen yeah and something's wrong in the middle yeah. <laughs> right like like and and so hint, hints that sort of barbell thing and and I, I, guess, I guess one way of interpreting this, this, this uh, sort of theory of leadership, as you say, needing to show up, is so far we've had the barbell like really fat on the end of, of the, uh, the individual people who want to do things faster, and we need, we need to add the barbell of, of the leadership being frustrated and wanting to do things as yeah. well, and, and then that'll just leave the middle where, where the problem seems to be, if you will, like the, but- the, the, the them- Yeah, and
1: and I think the hardest part, you know, as you say, and by the way, fucking, you know, I guess we're allowed to curse in this podcast, right?
0: Um, All of of my podcasts are cursing friendly.
1: All right. I've been trying
0: to... It's, it's 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 not like it's not like we have the stranger character from the Big Lebowski. Like,
1: I know, I know. My, it's so like, much. I can't believe you curse in your business. It's like, how do you get away with that? You know, yeah, I love you, honey. But um, but but <laughs> the thing that you I, I gotta say before I, well, I, I now I'm gonna forget one of them. But like um, you, you said, um, Talabian barbell. You're fucking brilliant, dude. I mean, like, to be able to tie that together, I mean, like, I wish I could connect those. Well, I think we're done with this podcast
0: for the day. We can edit it down to a good five-second segment.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was like, holy shit, Cote, man. In my next life, I want to be you. Um, That was really good. Anyway, um, finding the middle is the hard part, right? Like, that's the hard part. Like, no matter how good you are. I mean, Diamond is like the, the CEO's CEO. Like uh, I could tell you yeah, stories he's, he's, about. Yeah,
0: I, like I I don't know enough about what I'm about to say, but pattern recognition. He he seems like the next Jack Welch or whatever. Right?
1: He's amazing. Like- I mean, some of the stuff that so I lived some of the wars where you know uh, when the the merger between Bank Ohio and um, and so you know Chase bought J P Morgan, and then. They bought then JP then JP Chase merged with Bank Ohio or Bank One or whatever it was, and Diamond was the dude. I mean, the, some of the stuff that went down during that those mergers were were brilliant technical decisions. Um, I mean, there's a great paper about. I mean, so sh- long story short, the no, sh- long story long sorry, <laughs> the, um, the basically um, the when JP Morgan and Chase. Combined, they did this like ten year. It might have been five year, but ten year outsourcing deal with IBM. Big deal. I mean, monster deal. Yeah. And then they merged, and then Bank Ohio, Bank One had actually done an insource, and and Diamond was part of this. So 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 Bank Ohio had had, had EDS, and 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 it was you know didn't work out well, and they decided to insource, and the insource was working amazingly well. Hiring top notch people. The reason I knew at the time they were hiring like the best Tivoli people on the planet, uh, and they were paying them whatever it costs to hire them, and, and they were doing that in the Oracle space. They were doing it right. and everything.
0: And that, that that was back when Tivoli people were not cheap. They were not cheap at all. I mean, <laughs> yeah. big
1: box people. Yeah, and and um and then they merge, and now there's this holy shit. What do we do? We got this like ten year uh, outsourcing deal with JP Chase, and you got basically. Bank, Ohio, Bank One, but I think it was called Bank One by then, um, basically had just done this brilliant in-source. And ultimately, Diamond had to make one of the hardest decisions, a technology decision that a large corporation – I can't think of a harder technology decision is to go with the 10-year deal or basically force – break the 10-year deal. And they broke the 10-year deal. They broke You deal, and again, it might have been five. No, and 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 then I
0: mean, I mean, that's another. That's a classic Talabian thing. Is like the reason that's hard is because that's an impossible question. (laughs) Like, like the the amount of variables and like black swans and things that are going to happen. It's just like there is no way to know what the answer is, and 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 there even more frustrating. There is no way to know that there's not an answer. <laughs> right? Like like it's just it's just meta layers upon meta just layers like of it's you know,
1: Like let it linger for three years, right? Or just say, you know what? God damn it. And it did linger for like a while, right? Because it was hard. But he like he finally cut the cord, you know, like we're gonna do this. And I and I I think I wrote a blog article years ago I called it the greatest insourcing story ever told, you know. And, right. And, but anyway, yeah, no, so um but but back to that middle part, right? The the hard part is, you know, when even when Diamond today it's funny, I, uh, you know. I, I saw something. It was about six months ago when the new CEO of General Motors came in. Maybe it was a year ago. I don't know. It was in last year. Um, she gets up in front of the. It was an all hands meeting, and she basically says, you know, because all the problems with the, the recalls and all that with General Motors, right? She she says, you know, she says, you know, the new policy here is that you know, if you need, if you're not getting response from your boss, you you can come to me. And I'm like, like whoa. General Motors, like, time warp fifty years ago. Andon cord, Toyota lean, like, really? <laughs> the, the auto industry has to say that in two thousand and fourteen. Like, you know, um, you know, Toyota Ono was getting it done in nineteen sixty. Um, you know, with the Andon cord, stop the line. Right, <laughs> those cords that would drop where anybody was empowered to just stop the line, no matter what. And and like, like the only way. I know I'm rambling, but it, it's surprising to see that a guy like Diamond who would be now, you know, almost like, you know, oh my god, the computer geeks are, are attacking the the fortress, right? Like, you know, you think, oh my god, wait a minute, like, did you kind of fall asleep, uh, Whip Van Winkle? What happened?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and and, and I'll, I'll, I'll I'll have to go look up and I'll put a link to it in the show. Yeah, notes, but, be but, very but, I, but I think I think you know another way of looking at it, and this is this is like what what I would assume is is it's. That's, that's establishing a burning platform, right? So um, if, if, if you have the CEO of a company that that's big, basically saying, and I, I might be spinning a lot of my own, I might be projecting a lot of my own hopes and dreams into this is we need to get be- we need to become a software-defined business. And if we don't, we're threatened, right? And so immediately you throw that out there. And now as a company, you're probably going to be evaluated on that basis, right? So that becomes a core part of your business versus like if you said nothing, like it's a good way it's not so much a why there's there there's another version of that Sinek book which is not so much the why it's it's I don't know what it is but it kind of establishes the principle and it makes everyone in that company aware that like oh this is important the ceo said so right so so you know it's almost like the next time that that this mythical them says that something's against policy the the just to be very overly specific the devops people can be like they have a new weapon they can use. Like it's not like they can get Jamie Diamond to like dial into their weekly team meeting, <laughs> right? right? But but they can they can at least like put up a slide of like so. Did you see this? Like like the boss man is kind of yeah. like yeah saying that this kind of matters. So when you tell me that it's going to take us you know six weeks to get a um, a VM, whereas previously. There was no way of knowing if that was helping or hurting. I, as the DevOps person, just intuitively knew that was hurting. But now I can basically say, so how does that help us compete against the nerds, right? Like, like, And, and, and it reminds me of another, like one of the, I when I was... Uh, I was asking about obscure expensing rules when I started at Pivotal, right? Mm-hmm. And because because <laughs> already our,
1: started. Yeah, yeah, because
0: yeah. because because you know, being part of the EMC federation, a lot of our uh, back office stuff, if you will, is handled by EMC, which, as an employee, is awesome, right? It means it means we get like we get like big boy back office ERP stuff for employees. It's wrong HR stuff, but it, it, it does mean that like our our expensing system is a little weird, right? Um, and you know, I I was talking with someone and I was saying like, so how do you, like, what do you do if you have to like book this hotel thing that doesn't let you book? And he's like, oh, you know, what I do is I book it and I just expense it. Like, I don't think my competition is like spending their time worrying about how to expense their hotel room. So I don't worry about that either. (laughs) Right. And like, it's, it's a good, not, it's a good example of like, you know, part of what, what this quote that I'm now spinning up like is saying is like, our competition is not worried about like, satisfying your your the policy that causes it to take 6 weeks to provision a VM so why are we doing that right and 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 it's that kind of mentality that to use another book title who, that I've never read like you've got to establish this sense of urgency when you're in this deadlocked environment right and 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 I think That's what I often find missing in this kind of conversation I have with them is, like, there's no urgency. Like, the people who have sort of called me or us or whoever in, like, they have a sense of urgency, if only they're bored. Yeah. But everyone that they're battling has no sense of urgency about anything. And so you need some way of injecting that into the system.
1: And and there are, you know, so, you know, like, not particularly this week, right, where you asked, you know, how are the enterprise doing this? But, you know, Jesse Robbins used to have some great um, presentations on how to change the culture of uh, you, know, you know, how to coach up. He never, he didn't call it coaching up, but you know, how to, how to, you know, you know, coach up your management, coach up the, uh, your opposition. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, it, it's it, it, it still goes back to how do you how do you change a large organization? Like, like you know, one of the things is you were talking about different companies, um, you know, GE started this thing. You know, I mean. GE is trying to kind of leapfrog the whole thing, right? Like they're they're calling the industrial internet, right? So the whole IoT thing, right? Like so they're gonna, you know, I, you know, this kind of sounds silly, and I, we do. I'm sure we're gonna have GE list, people work for GE listen, and, and I'm gonna say this flippantly: they're skipping the cloud, they're skipping DevOps. And there's a lot of guys that are gonna bullshit, Willis. We're doing DevOps, we're doing cloud, but but in a sense they've gone right to the kind of eric Ries lean, lean, you know lean startup playbook you know um uh, it's it's about you know it's about inventing and and tweaking uh, you know milliseconds in devices now right you know how to how to get you know a trillion endpoints from a jet engine to analyze it quicker you know how to get a train to go a mile an hour faster between two points right Um, And they call this the industrial internet. Now, the the cool thing about GE now, um, you know, again, uh, you know, going back to leadership, is if you start talking to different people within the GM organization, you know, you made me think of this when you said, you know, people can pull out Diamond's slide deck and say, oh, wait a minute, you know, on a slide forward, Jamie Diamond said we're going to win this. You know, the GE guys are a little bit smarter. Everybody's using Eric Reese's lean terminology you know i mean whether you're talking to the grunts who are trying to implement openstack sorry guys uh, or you're talking to the woman who is the cmo um who happened to be one of the keynotes at one of eric reese's lean startup they're all using the word pivot they're all using you know they're and so they're speaking a common language and so i mean i think if you go back to one of jesse's old presentations you know um, you know, that's one of the things he was kind of talking about is you're figuring out a way to get everybody speaking the same way. I think your example of if the CEO's got a killer slide that has about 10 things on it that resonate everything I need in my argument to basically get us moving faster and quicker and beating the competition, then I'm going to flip that friggin' slide out every time I have to. Um, you know, but some and, companies.
0: And, and to, to underscore that point, I mean. Uh- you know i mean i would see that happen at dell all the time like in any, you know as as anyone who sits through a lot of slide meetings after a while you sort of like get used yeah. to the clichés and you can filter for it but there was a pattern any anytime you saw a picture of michael dell right you would be like yep here it comes <laughs> right like yeah. like th- th- this is this is my there there is a uh, i forget the name of the rhetorical move this is but you have to somehow connect to an authority right it's almost like You know, er everything flows from this authority, and so I am connecting to the authority, and therefore, what I what it's almost like a chain of trust.
1: You know, one of the things I love about like containers and Docker and you know, and Cloud Foundry, whatever you want to call it, is we're finally putting the death nail on this concept of a computer. You know, virtualization, we kind of got almost there, but people were still thinking, you know, oh, I'm going to get my VM, oh, aka it's a computer, even though it's not physical but when we start getting into microservices and containers and and these smaller things they now finally are not computers and i do think within the next 3 to 5 years the whole concept of a uh, of this box that is a computer will be completely foreign to all the new people new kids that come out of school and you know like yeah. and 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 uh, and anyway but but again very much like a railroad was at the turn of the you know going into the 20th century Early 20th century, you know, people weren't like um, really thinking. You know, uh, yeah, no, the you know, like railroads, where I need to be. That's the industry I want to be in. You know, you know, that was like the least any businessman was thinking about in 19, you know, 1920 and 1930. Uh, you, you know, if you were going through getting your um, you know MBA or you know, doing some kind of business stuff, you weren't really thinking about the railroad industry. And I, I, I said this. I don't want this podcast to be a pivotal Docker podcast, but you know, you saw people saw that we had the announcement of our last funding round, right? I mean, Wall Street is talking about Docker right now, right? I mean, so I mean, the truth, and, and I'm just using that as a as a kind of a signal to say that Wall Street is getting hit. Wall Street is talking about things. That five years ago would never—you couldn't dream of 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 basically squawk box on MSNBC talking about containers. Yeah, no, yeah, containers. Squawk. Let's go. Let's go back. Rewind to our IT management podcast three years ago. And and say, you know what, I think in three years from now the score remember I used to joke about the MS Oh yeah when oh, yeah. guy when when, when, know, when cloud shows
0: up on Kramer then. Yeah. Well, well, I
1: successful. in a billion years I wouldn't have said that that um that that on like Tuesday, April fifteenth or whatever it was um the that the that MSNBC Squawk box at basically prime trading time would be talking about Linux containers. Right? So um, I don't know where I went with all this, but it, you, uh, the the point being that uh, yeah, maybe delving private was a bad thing, right? But the point is, th- th- it's his dime, and he can fail fast all he wants, right?
0: And and, and then we, I got I got to wrap up here to record my uh. other podcast, Software Defined Talk, which is a great podcast, just like this one. But 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 I I think I think it gets back to the point that that we were talking about earlier, where. And, and and again I stress the theory nature of it. Like I, I think I think over the course of this year, the thing I'm gonna be interested in the DevOps days conversation is like where is the where is the leadership? Where's the business? Whatever you wanna call them. Like unless we get them involved, like we're just gonna be kind of like uh, you know, smoking our own exhaust pipes to mix metaphors. And and and, and 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 I think I think the conversation we just had is a good contrast, right? So like one, let's take let's take three companies, Etsy. JPMC based on this thing we both haven't read yet and then like the, you know, Del, Straw Man Dell <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 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 and I think it's important to, to you know, as, as listeners to Software Defined Talk know, right? Like there's, a, there's one book that you – it's the drinking game on, on, on that podcast is, is if we mentioned the halo effect, you have to like, you know, go get drunk. But, it, but the point of, of halo effects is like unless you're studying failures in an equal if not even more amount than successes, you're going to miss out on anything valuable, right? I oh,
1: totally agree on, Yeah. I mean,
0: on, and, and so that's why it's nice to have a, a rounded out stu- way of, of doing that.
1: Yeah, but – and so I, I know we're going to cut it off here, but, 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 but you know, again – like if you want to hear the theory of well, one author talking about why companies do fail and why companies succeed, like the easy answer is it is leadership. You know, Simon Sinek covers it pretty well with Start Why. Jim Collins starts – thinks it talks about it in, you know, um, the, the – um, what is it? Oh, shit, what's the Jim Collins great famous book again? Um, uh, I'm going to have to look at it. Um, uh, great Good to great, right? Good. Oh, sure. good, oh, sure. good to great. Like and but the point and he does these brilliant contrasts between leadership. Right? So it's all about freaking leadership. And and at the end of the day, you know, if you if your company, you better figure out how to freaking fix it. And well, you know, again, Chad Dickinson has it easy because at Etsy, like it's a smaller company, they know their goal. I don't know as much about Uber, although I think Uber is fucking amazing. I'm using it in France. I mean, you know, talk about, like, awesome, right? Like, not even have to talk to the driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know, hit a button, they pick you up, and they drop you off, like, literally. Um, this is, like, you know, so, and uh, Uber, and you know, these, these companies are clearly –
0: And having- you see, now, this is a good ending point because it's taken this long to say Uber, which is an achievement. I, I think I hope the audience understands how hard it is to do that. Like it takes a lot, of, a lot of practice. But no, I, 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 think, I think you know the 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 elevator pitches that it is, it is leadership, and so that becomes the question, right? So now, now uh, we we tech people know what we're talking about, know what needs to be done. How can we go talk to leadership now, and how do we, uh, how do we make that happen? And so we, we should uh, we should wrap. Look, look at me, I'm trying to be the uh, the, the guy here, the MC. But you, you know, will- so I did I did say. That we were, we were gonna. I was gonna have lordsofcomputing.com uh, uh, saddled up here, and and in a metaphor for everything we've been talking about, that domain name has not been transferred because for some reason I didn't find the email to respond to to validate it. So they they stopped the process. It's just like. Poof. Right, <laughs> my 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 managing of the ticketing system was not managed well on my part. <laughs> but if you you know, as as always, if you go to cote.io, you can find all the uh, Lords of Computing and other things listening. We, we, I do the same scheme here. I do on my other podcast where you go to cote.io slash loc and you put the episode number in, and you can get the show notes. So this is cote.io slash loc three, and you can find it there. And uh, you know, of course. You can always find me at Kote and Twitter. Where where do you hang out nowadays, John?
1: Um, you know the best place is Botchagalu, right? Uh, Botchagalu on Twitter. One sure day
0: that. we'll get you to update your blog site. That will be exciting. That would be fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and 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 also, I just want to work in here. So we have uh, next next month we have the Cloud Foundry Summit coming up, which is great. You get to come see uh, people people who are like in this whole confusing mix. John and I are talking about. You get oh. to see nerds talk about it and how. Uh, how how leadership has come in and been successful. We actually get end users to come in. And if you go to cfsummit.com or org, I think it's .com works, you can use the code C-O-T-E. That's me, Cote, to get 25% off. Awesome. There you go. So... You got, you got anything you want to throw out there, John?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, um, you know, me and you are about to be in Austin in a couple of weeks. I'll be at DevOps Day Austin, so people should definitely go there and yep. you know, have some fun. And we'll, uh, we,
0: we should schedule an open spaces to do a live recording, John.
1: That would be very cool. Very yeah. cool to do that yeah. and uh, get that. You know, DockerCon is coming up. Um, I, I can probably get you a discount code if you please. Yeah,
0: get a code and we'll put it in let's, here.
1: Yeah, john.willis at docker.com. You know, hit me there and, and I can probably get you a discount code. If you don't get registered and it sells out, I don't know what I'll be able to get you in. So that's right. But, Just hang out in the
0: lobby. All right. Well, with that, we'll see everyone next time.